All right, all right, all right. Everybody, everybody looked at me when I said that, huh? Everybody looked at me when I said that. Let's uh, find a seat. <laughs> Let's not exhaust our fellowship. Let's save a little bit for right after church. Save just a little bit of that nice, good, old-fashioned Christian hospitality fellowship for right after service. Because there's a few of you I didn't get a chance to speak to. love to talk to you. Well, good morning, New Life Church. You guys ready for the Word of God? All right, well, let's get our Bibles out. Let's get ready for this, your iPads, your phones, whatever it is you're looking at the Word on today. We're going to be New Testament in 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. We're actually starting, I'm doing a little uh, summer series of the month of June uh, covering this particular letter that Paul wrote, 2 Timothy. There's four chapters, so there's four Sundays in June, so that's the idea um, we'll see if that's what the Holy Spirit continues to uh, lead us in. But that's our aim right now. So these scriptures are also going to be on the screen as we get into this as well. But the series is called Remaining Faithful in an Unfaithful World. Remaining Faithful in an Unfaithful World. And um, it is, it's good to see all of you here this morning. Let's, let's welcome our dear sister and longtime member, Miss Betty, back today. It's been a long journey for her, and, um, and, but she's, she's back, and uh, it's good to see you, Miss Betty. So good to see you, and um, so any of you guys get a chance to hug her uh, gently, uh, you can do that after church. Miss Neva will uh, be her bodyguard, but uh, we love you, Miss Betty. Love you a whole lot. Don't ever forget that, okay? Don't ever let that be a doubt in your mind. You're loved by so many people, all right? Praise God. Well, let's, uh, let's look at this in 2 Timothy chapter 1. I'm going to start with the first, uh, first two verses and, and then set this up, and then we'll, we'll get into it a little more. Let's read this. It's 2 Timothy 1, verse 1. It says, This letter is from Paul, the Apostle Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I have been sent out to tell others about the life that he has promised through faith in Christ Jesus. So I'm writing to Timothy, my dear son, his spiritual son, and he says, may, the, may God the Father and, and Christ Jesus our Lord give you grace some of you need some grace. Give you mercy. How about and peace? Yeah, those are good. Those are some three words of things we need from God. May he give you grace, mercy, and peace. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for bringing us together and allowing us to come together as one. Thank you for this place that you provided for us, Lord. We are so thankful uh, for this campus that you have opened up to us to utilize, and, and uh, we thank you today for, for your word, your fresh word, uh, fresh manna from heaven, and so that, that's what we seek today, that's what we want to hear is a fresh word from you, and I pray that you would open our hearts and ears to hear it and receive it, and you would help me to deliver it in the manner in which it needs to be done, and may our lives be better for being together in your presence and encountering you and hearing what you have to say about life. We just thank you now 
and give you praise, give you glory in the name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody can say amen. Amen. Just a quick little backdrop into this uh, letter here. Uh, they say that this is, uh, scholars say that this is perhaps Paul's last letter to ever write. His final letter. And he chose to write to Timothy for the second time. And, and he sends, them, sends him this letter. It's a very personal letter as most letters are, but sometimes when you sense maybe a change in life, a change in situation, a change in the dynamic of where you're at and maybe what's to come, you might write a few things you might not otherwise write or express some things you might not otherwise express. So that's what Paul's doing here to Timothy. Can, can you guys hear me okay? Okay, it's a, it's a new mic, a new, new, new system and things like that, and we're trying to work out a few details, but... Uh, so it's his final letter, and he's writing this to Timothy, and, and he really writes to Timothy for this real sole reason. That is, Timothy, I'm, I'm writing to encourage you to remain faithful. He, Paul knows the end of his life is coming, the end of ministry is coming for him. In fact, he wrote this letter from Rome while he was in prison. And it's unique to how God will use prison, and he uses the loss of certain relationships in Paul's life to promote the gospel and to send out an encouraging word to Timothy, the church, and all of us here today. And how God will use what in man's eyes looks bad, looks depressing, looks like it's, it, you know, it's going to stifle the work of God. And God will take that very thing and use it to actually get the gospel, to get Jesus uh, bigger in our life, and louder in our life, and more clear and visible in our life. And he uses, uh, by the time you get to the end of this letter, the fourth chapter, you see where people have left Paul, deserted Paul, and we'll talk more about that in the coming weeks, but God will use those things in our life that look bad to us, that maybe feel bad to us, and he'll, he'll stamp his grace, his mercy, and his peace on it, and he'll turn it around, he'll flip the coin and say, this is how I will use you now for my glory. You see, I want to encourage you today as well through this letter, I want to, all this whole month of encouraging us to remain faithful in what God has for our life and remain faithful in this unfaithful world. And so right here in, in verses 1 and 2, Paul opens up the letter and he, he's making an introduction and, and, and he tells Timothy and he's letting us know as the readers here today that, hey, he said, God has called me and chosen me to tell the world, to tell others about this life that is in Christ Jesus through faith. You see, there's life, but then there's life through faith. There's life, normal life, whatever life is, and then there is a life that is in faith, through faith, in Jesus Christ. And Paul's wanting to express that the better life, the better choice of living, is actually the life through faith in Christ Jesus. And, and I love the song choices today. Uh, just, just really set this, this tone of, of this service up and the message up that a reminder in the worship that we sang earlier is, that, is this, is that God is with us. And that God is with you. God is with you in your trial. He's with you through your tribulation. He's, he's with you on the mountaintop and, the, and, and on the celebratory times. He's with you in the valley. God is with you. In fact, you, you can read about his promises, uh, the promise of that throughout the scriptures that it says he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. 
I know to some of us that just sounds kind of trite and Christianese, like that's cute, that's good, but think about this. Think about if, if I followed you around all the time. Maybe I'll choose somebody else. No, no. <laughs> but think about that. If somebody followed you around all the time and never left your side, they saw you, man, everywhere, in everything, all right? That's the Lord. We can't hide from him. But I think the flip side of that, the, light, the lighter side of that promise is, is, is this, is that he wants us to know that whatever we face, whatever we're dealing with, whatever we're going through, that he is there with us and he never leaves us. And so that I love that part of our, that worship this morning that set that up and reminded us of that and, 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 and follows into what Paul is expressing to Timothy. And so the motivation of this letter is to, is to express encouragement. Timothy, remain faithful. If the final thing I got to let you know, Timothy, I've been there, I've done that, I have lived life, I have been preaching the gospel, I've been all around, I had a lot of experiences, good and bad and ugly, but here's the thing I need to tell you, Timothy, remain faithful. And I believe he wants us as the hearers of, of his word today, of God's word is, hey, remain faithful, church, remain faithful in this unfaithful world. You see, this world is, is full of some craziness, right? full of some cray-cray stuff. And uh, it's full of betrayal. It's full of lies. It's full of deception. It's full of, of empty promises. It, it, it's full of, of, of shallow rhetoric. It's, it's full of fantasy. It's full of lies. It's full of a whole lot of stuff. It's full of wars. It's full of poverty. This world is, is full of pain. This world is just full of a lot of bad stuff in, in this place. And, and here we Christians are right in the middle of this world. And what does God tell us to do? What Paul opens up with to Timothy to tell others about this life that is in faith through Jesus Christ. And that's what we're called to do. Right in the middle of this world, right in the middle of this devastation of life, of this world, is to tell people, to tell others about a life that is in faith in Jesus Christ. I mean, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, that there's no other way to the Father God except through the door, except through Jesus. And we're supposed to tell the world all that. But here's the thing, here's the other side of that, and that is, meanwhile, we also have our own set of struggles. Right? Meanwhile, we also have our own set of setbacks. And we have our own set of, of issues, right? I know nobody's going to be honest in here today, but, but we do. We all have them. And here we are, we're supposed to tell the world about life and faith in Christ Jesus. Man, he changes everything, but yet here we are, we're still struggling, right? We still have some things we're going through. Amen? I got to get a one amen to let me know I'm in the right place today. I know I haven't preached in a couple of weeks, but it's still, I still want to hear you. And so... We, we, we're called to do that, we're told to do that, we're supposed to live that way, but yet we have our own stuff, right? And so the question remains, how then can we remain faithful in this unfaithful world? 
Paul answers that question, or at least he begins to answer that question in these first seven verses. So we're going to look at these next three verse, verses, three through seven, and we're going to look at three things Paul, Paul tells Timothy that he tells us today that we can be practicing and doing today as to how we can remain faithful in this unfaithful world. Let's look at verse three. He says, Timothy, I thank God for you. The God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did, night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. And you guys say remember? He says, night and day, night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. So in other words, when the first thing Paul tells Timothy on how to remain faithful in this unfaithful world is that, hey, I'm praying for you, Timothy. Isn't it nice to know when somebody else is praying for us? I mean, come on. It, it's nice to hear, especially when you are just kind of going through some stuff. When you got your own set of stuff you're dealing with, and you're going through it, you're trying to fight a battle, trying to overcome, and, and somebody comes along and tells you, hey, I've been praying for you. Or even when you ask for prayer and you tell somebody, you Facebook it, you, you Twitter it, you, you email it, you text it, you just do the old-fashioned dial it and call somebody and say, I need you to pray for me. And, and it's nice to know a week or two later or maybe a month or two later they come back to you and tell you, hey, how you been? I've been praying for you. And that's what Paul is expressing to Timothy. Timothy, I want you to know I'm praying for you. You see, Timothy wasn't just some fly-by-night guy that Paul picked. Paul picked him because he saw the calling of God on his life, and he hand-picked him for ministry and to train him and to raise him up. And then he set him in place as a pastor in Ephesus and had a whole lot of people. And as you can imagine, with a whole lot of people, with a pastor, it can create some problems amongst the church and amongst the leadership and different things, especially in that day and time when they were dealing with all these false teachers and these false prophets and all these people who were trying to spread rumors and lies and take the truth and twist it. And Timothy had to be bold to stand up to the people who were there listening to tell them this is the truth. This is the reality. And so Paul is telling him, look, man, here's the deal, son. You need to remain faithful here. I want you to know so I'm praying for you. And so I think we can take note of that for our own self today, that if we are going to remain faithful in this unfaithful world, you and I need to pray for others, pray for each other more than we do now. That doesn't mean we don't pray, we're not praying or any of that, but here's what I do know, we can pray more for one another than we do now. Amen? Let's look at the advice James gives us here. James chapter 5. Let's look at this on the screen real quick. You guys have that? Nope. Here, I'll turn to it. Listen to what James says. Listen to these words. James says this. You guys listen. He says, it's James 5 verse 13. Are any of you suffering hardships? What's he say? You should pray. How many of you know that's the toughest time to pray when you're going through some hardships? Right? When you know that's what your mind tells you, but your rest of your body and, and your mind and your thought and your, and your mouth doesn't quite get in gear, right? 
doesn't quite get there, but you should pray. Are any of you happy? Well, that's when it, that's when you, that's when it sounds good. He says, then you should sing some praises, right? Verse 14, are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, right? Verse uh, 15, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, he says, you will be forgiven. Verse 16, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. Not go take that confession and tell the rest of the church, well, you know what so-and-so just confessed to me? Because that'd be the last time so-and-so confesses to you and anybody in the church. He says, and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Here it is. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power. The earnest prayer, everybody say prayer, of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah uses this, this as an example. Elijah was a human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Can you imagine that? Some, some places in our country need no rain right now. They don't need rain. They're flooding. It says, and then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. What, what is James getting at here? He's getting at the fact that, hey, prayer is what changes things. Prayer is what changes things. In Luke chapter 22, the Lord, before his crucifixion, right about the time he was arrested, he was, he was telling Peter, he said, Peter, I want you to know something. Or he, he called him Simon, and he said, Simon, Peter, at this time I want you to know that Satan has asked permission to sift you as wheat. But he said, here, I want you to know, I have been praying for you. I have been praying for you. Church, if we're going to remain faithful in these last days, and that gets into... Uh, the next chapter in chapter 3 where Paul talks about this, we're going to get into that in the coming weeks, but in these last days, in, these, in this unfaithful world, if we're going to remain faithful, one of the things we have to make sure we do is pray more for each other than we currently do. Amen? That means when somebody comes on your mind, might wake you up in the middle of the night, and a person might be on your mind, and you think, why am I thinking about them? It's because the Holy Spirit trusts you to take a moment and say a prayer for them. Or during the day, throughout the week, whatever it might be, be mindful of one another. Remember one another in prayer. I know this is like, like real high high-octane spirituality here, I'm telling you. I know you're having a hard time digesting what I'm telling you here today, but uh, here's the reality with, with the Lord. He doesn't complicate His Word. And if we want to receive more from Him and greater things in Him, then, friend, you and I have to pray more for each other. And sometimes you might not know what to pray, and the Bible tells us we'll pray in the Holy Spirit. If you have that gift, pray in the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will give you the utterances of which you need to pray. Sometimes you, it, it, Paul likens it in, that it's even too deep for words. It's like a groaning for somebody. You have a burden for somebody. 
few weeks, about six weeks ago, I was uh, praying for, for a family in our church who was going, who going through a real difficult time, and, and I was praying for them, and, and I just I couldn't. It's like all night. I just had this burden for them, and every 10, 15, 20 minutes, the Lord would just bring their face and their, their, their name back to my mind, and I just had to stop for a minute and, and, and pray. And the good news is now I'm seeing the, the progress of, of heaven in their life. We're seeing the greater things of God take over. But it was, it was, in, it was a pivotal moment. It was pretty dangerous at that time. And, and I was praying that heaven would win and hell would lose. See, sometimes we and I don't often know and realize at the moment we're praying, we don't see the battle that that person is dealing with or that they're facing, but later after the fact, you get some peace about it, you see them, you talk to them, you get reassured by them, and you look in their eyes, and you look to their, into their soul, and you see they're, they're okay now. Because why? Heaven prevailed, but heaven prevailed because the saints, the fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous person avails much, James said. So don't discount your prayers. I want to tell you, don't think your prayers, well, what will my prayer mean? What will my prayer matter? What, what, what difference will my prayer make in their life? You will be astonished the difference your prayer makes, and then it's added to your prayer, and then it's added to your prayer, and then it's added to your prayer, and even in the back it's added to your prayer. It's added to all of our prayers. As we pray more for one another, we begin to see heaven take over and heaven win in people's lives. Amen? Because the enemy does not want us to succeed. He does not want us to win. It's the effective, fervent prayers of the righteous that got Miss Betty out of her apartment back here with us today. Amen. And of course, her own, her own tenacity and desire to get well and to overcome the obstacle that she faced. Amen. But that's what we need to remember if we're going to remain faithful. i got to get it in point two. You guys okay? All right, number two, verse four. Paul says this, verse four, he says, I long to see you again. He's writing to Timothy, and he's in jail. He's in prison. He knows his time is near to, to, to be done on earth. He says, I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted, and I will be filled with joy when we are together again. Can you say remember? All three of these points are about remembering. Remember your tears. Tears is from the heart, from the soul. It implies a personal, close relationship that Paul had with Timothy. And if you're familiar with their background, as I mentioned earlier, they had a long history together. And Paul was responsible for grooming him and, and training him up in the, in the ways of, of the kingdom and for church ministry and the gospel ministry and all those things. And they were together on a lot of things. And, and here they are separated. And Paul says, I remember your tears when, when, when we together when I had to leave. And he said, man, I, that, that, you don't get that just because you're an acquaintance with somebody. No, you get that when you are close with somebody. Here's what I think one of the things that the Holy Spirit is telling us through this example here that Paul gives, and that is this, we need to connect with each other on a deeper level more than we do now. We need to connect, the body of Christ, we need to connect with each other on a deeper level more than we do now. I think that's one of the greatest 
deceptions that's out there right now from the enemy regarding the church is that we don't really need to be together. We don't really need to invest in each other's life. Let's look at this uh, scripture here in Ephesians 4, verse 16. Ephesians 4, verse 16, there it is, right here on the screen. He said, this is Paul, he wrote to the church in Ephesus. He said, he, God makes the whole body, the body of Christ, fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body, can you say the whole body? So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. God's design for the body of Christ is that we truly be connected to one another in such a way that each part at its connecting point is supplying life and strength and health to the other parts of the body of Christ so that when we are together, not just the corporate setting, this is valuable and this is super important, but even beyond the corporate gathering to where we are, to get, we are connecting with one another on a more deeper level, meaning this, the question, I'll, I'll present it this way in the question form is, is there another person or persons in the church that is at a greater level of strength than you are that you can trust and you can rely upon, that you can talk to? Is there another person or persons in the church that is at a greater level of strength than you currently are that you can talk to, trust, and rely upon? And then on the flip side of that, is there another person or persons in the church that you are at a greater level of strength that they can depend on, trust in, and rely upon? See, we need this in our church. We, this should never go away. That part should never disappear. Paul's expressing to Timothy, man... I pray for you, but here's also, I am here for you. Even while I'm in prison, even while I'm in jail, this letter is a, is a reminder to you, Timothy, that I am here for you. And friend, you and I need to be able to, not, we need to be able to communicate that to one another as well as receive that for our own self because we need that in our church. We need that kind of action of faith in our life is to connect with one another on a deeper level than we currently do now. More than we do now. Pray for one another more, but then connect with one another more than we do now. It's about leading and learning. Leaning, leading and and learning. You are leading in a way that you're there for others, but you also are learning because someone else is there for you. Right? That's what needs to be in play. And, and, and it needs to, it's not just one or the other in, in what Paul's expressing. He said these need to be active in our life. So we need this kind of thing happening in us, around us, 
and in and, 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 and making it an important, integral part of our spiritual walk in Christ Jesus, this life of faith. You see, this part about this, about remaining faithful in an unfaithful world, is so much more important and has so much more power than I believe oftentimes we give it credit for. Because here's what, here's what typically happens as Christians. We, we're surface. We're, we're surface. We're shallow. We're surface Christians. Even with one another, most of the time, in general, people ask us how we're doing. Somebody calls us up or whatever, and it's the superficial, oh, I'm good. How are you doing? Right? Meanwhile, man, we know, I need to talk to somebody. I I need to talk to someone. I need to bear my soul. I need to let them know things are not okay with me. Things are not all right with me right now. I'm going through some stuff. I'm experiencing some challenges. As a parent, man, I need to talk to another parent who's just got it going on right now, and I need to let them know, how did you make it? How did you stop from choking your kids? How did you stop DCS from showing up at your house because you whooped them too hard? Right? How you deal with a nine-year-old going on 16? I need to talk to somebody about that with a girl. Somebody help me out. Thomas, help me out, brother. Let me know it's going to be all right. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Because <laughs> let's just be real. We haven't cornered everything out there. We don't have everything under our control. There's going to be some seasons that we go through life that's going to flip our world upside down, right? And it's going to be somebody else who's already been through it that's going to be there for you. And then vice versa, you have gone through it. And you can be there for somebody else. But it's going to require that we connect to one another on a deeper level. If we're going to remain faithful, man, I need to know. I need to know i got some other friends in this church world that lead churches and pastor churches in different places and different sizes that, that I can call and talk to and they tell me, you know, whatever that I need to hear at that moment in my life. One of our, our, our spiritual elders, uh, one of our outside elders last year uh, gave me a mild rebuke on the phone, and he said, listen, next time you're struggling, next time you're dealing with something, don't pretend that you got it all right. You need to call me, and you need to let me know, because I pray for you, but I also need to know that you can call me, and I can give you some words of encouragement or guidance. He said, don't handle this thing on your own, man. That's why you got me. That's why I've been there, done that. I've been through it. I know a few things, so call on me. Just call on your brother. You need a hand. Because we all need somebody to lean on. You just might have a problem.
<laughs> Tell the truth. Tell the truth, shame the devil. I told you, this is like real high-octane spiritual stuff here. But the problem is half the church doesn't practice this stuff. Not talk, talk about us per se, I'm talking about the church at large. We don't pray for one another enough. And we don't connect enough on a deeper level. Number three, finish to this. Number three, verse five through seven. Paul says this. He says, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you. Can you say remind? This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Paul says, I remember your genuine faith, and therefore this is why I remind you to fan into flame. And I take it this way for us, is that we need to remind each other to keep the faith fanned into flame more than we do now. More than we do now. That word fan into flame, it means to rekindle, to stir, and to resuscitate. A couple of weeks ago, we were at kids' camp. Brandon and I were the bonfire makers. Fire from heaven. <laughs> and anyway, we got it. We got it lit. Got it. Got it going. And and and, and we're looking at it, and we're, we're we're thinking, okay, this might be all right. This might work. And and because uh, we got like forty kids about to s just overtake us to do s'mores. And you can't have no little weak flame now. You got to have something roaring because you got to get those marshmallows just right. You got to get it hot enough and crispy enough to melt that chocolate when you put it on that graham cracker and you take that bite. It kind of burns when it oozes out the side and you're like, mmm, that's a good s'more. I want some more, you know? Anyway, we're, we're there getting the fire go, trying to go, and, and I'm thinking, man, this, this is going to be just an okay fire. And then here goes Brandon with a, with a stick. He gets down in there and says, you got to do like this, Jeremy. He says, you got to poke at it. He goes, this is some, this is some, this is some Boy Scout advice right here. He's like, and you, and you got you to do like that. And about two minutes later, I mean, no, no, I'm not kidding, two minutes later, that thing was roaring because why? He kindled it. He rekindled, he stirred it. And then it, and all of a sudden, all that wood just, whoosh, I mean, that joker was, a, it was a flame about this high. I'm not kidding you. That flame was this high. And then and, 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 and about, about five minutes later, the kids are out there, and, 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 and the flame is going, and you've got to stand back here because it's burning the hair on your arms. <laughs> and all the kids are like, oh, I'm excited, I'm excited. But they're like, oh, that's hot, man. That is hot. And they're getting way on back here, and we kept saying, well, you're going to have to get a bigger stick. You've got to get you a bigger stick. Get you a bigger stick and get up in here. And, and do it like this. And I'm like, dude, Brandon, this is hot, brother. I was surprised that my fire maker friend over here, but he knew the, he knew the, the, the parts of the equation. That is, you've got to stir it up. You see, through life, we get cold. We get tired. We grow weary. And even our sails get torn a bit. 
And that's why Paul knew, Timothy, the calling's there, my friend. The calling's on you. What God wants to do with you, there's great things that lie ahead for you. But if you're going to remain faithful in this unfaithful world, I need to remind you the faith is in you, but you've got to fan it into flame. You've got to stir it up sometimes because life hits you hard. And surprises, they sneak up on you. That's why they're surprises. They sneak up on you. But be ready. Keep yourself fanned into flame. And don't let that fire of God grow cold and burn down. No, you got to make it work. you got to stir it up. And he says, what's in you, Timothy, is not a spirit of fear or timidity. No, but what's in you, what God has put in you, the kind of faith and spirit that's on the inside of you is of power. The word for that word power in the Greek is dunamis, where we get our word dynamite. He said that, that faith that's in you, Timothy, if you'll keep it flamed and keep it stirred up, you will have a dynamite power on the inside of you working. Meaning it's, it's, it's explosive and it's strong. And it's able to help you overcome anything. You see, friend, what often happens is we forget what's on the inside of us. Scripture tells us greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And too many times, myself included, we get are guilty of just allowing the enemy to work his magic in our life. And we don't take a stand and we don't stir ourselves up because what's in us is power. He said, but what's also in you is love. That word love there is the Greek word agape, unconditional love, the love of God. He said is on the inside of you because you're going to face some people, you're going to meet some people who don't like you, who haters going to hate, they don't like you. But God says, love them anyway. They betrayed you. Mm. Pray for them and love them anyway. They talk bad about you. Pray for them. Love them. Anyway, how do you do that? You sure as heck don't do it in your own natural strength because you want to put them up in the fire, right? You want to make a bonfire with them. But God says, no, you can't do that. Stir yourself up. Keep your, the, the faith flame in the flame. You'll have power. You'll have strength. You can overcome because God's in you. He's great. You can do this. Some of you don't think you can, but I want to tell you, you can. You are an overcomer in Christ Jesus, and you can do this thing. You can walk by faith. You can live in victory, and you can overcome the things that you face. And that's what Paul's letting Timothy know. I'm reminding you, you can do this. And also what's in you is self-discipline which implies self-control, moderation, meaning we don't have to give in to every temptation that comes our way. We can live self-controlled, moderated lives by faith in Christ Jesus. Because this world is full of darkness, full of vile, full of evil, full of things that go against the grain of God. So how do we remain faithful in this unfaithful world? We need to pray for each other more than we do. Because that person sitting next to you, even in your own household, and a few, few chairs down who's not in your household, they need your prayers. They need your prayers. And we need to connect to one another more on a deeper level. And we need to remind each other to keep the fan of faith in flame. We need to remind each other to stir it up. 
to not be okay when another believer, when another brother or sister in Christ is isolated, is is empty, is gone, is not here, is not around, is not present. No, we need to be finding out what's going on. Amen. A good church, a healthy church, is one where the pastor's not the only one calling people. It's when the people are keeping check of everybody around them. And that's what Paul is letting Timothy know to remind him, hey, if you're going to be faithful, man, you, gotta, you need to be reminded, and I'm reminding you, and us, we need to remind each other more. How? A simple encouragement. Sometimes just a simple phone call, text, whatever, Facebook message, all any of that, as long as you're not stalking somebody or doing, being <laughs> jeepers creepers on people. We don't, we don't condone or promote that. It's just good, sensible Love, encouragement. But here's another way. It's to remind each other of what God has already said. Remind each other of what God has already said. And I want to I do that real quick for you today. I want to just remind you of a couple words that the Lord has spoken to us corporately as a church. And when he speaks them corporately to us, then we can also latch on to them for our own lives. But in April, Pastor Rick Bennett was here for our one-year anniversary of New Life Church. And this is part of, his, of the word of the Lord. It said, he said, the heavens are open over this community. It's time for harvest. It's time for revival. New Life Church will play a major role in this. How many of you believe that? How many of you want that? How many of you want to play a major role in revival and the harvest to see people come to know the Lord? He said, be blessed with excitement and expectancy over this word. God will do this. It won't be flesh and sweat. It will be spirit, his spirit. Be blessed for increase regarding everything God has for us personally, for the leadership, and for the entire church family. It means greater things are on their way. Be blessed for increase and enlargement. And he gave the scripture Isaiah 54. I'd encourage you to go read that at some point. Isaiah 54. But when we, when, when we forget what God has said, then we forget where we're headed. And we can lose heart. And we can grow weary. And part of reminding each other to fan into flame God's gift in us our faith, His Spirit, is that we need to remind each other what the Lord has spoken. I mean, you might not know exactly what He's spoken, but it doesn't hurt to, to, to bump somebody, nudge someone, and say, what has God spoken to you about your life? What has He said He's going to do with you through this trial that you're facing? What has He promised you that He's going to bring you to when you overcome this thing? What has He told you that's going to happen with your children down the road and what He has planned for their lives? Those are the things you need to be reminded of and then pray them and speak them and remember them. Write them down. Don't forget if you've got to write it down. Write it down and keep it with you and often revisit what you wrote, what God said as part of our responsibility of relationship together as God's people, as a family, is to remind each other to fan into flame God's gift inside of us. In other words, I pray for you, I'm here for you, but I am also, I'm not going to sit by and watch you grow cold in your faith. I'm going to bug you. I'm not going to be a nuisance, but I'm going to bug you. 
I'm not going to cross the line. You have to call the cops on, but I'm going to bug you. Now, I care for you too much. I love you too much to just see you sit by and grow cold in your faith. No, I'm going to remind you, stir up the faith that's on the inside of you. Because God has a plan and a purpose for your life. He has a plan and a purpose, and you don't need to forget that. I know right now it's dark, and you can't see very well, but soon the sun is going to be shining, and you're going to have to put on your shades because your future is bright. And you need to know and be reminded of what the Lord has said for you, that He has something for you. Amen? That He has something for you. Back in February, I did a series on gifts out of uh, Romans 12 and... 1 Corinthians 12, and one of those, one of the times in that, that series, the Lord spoke to us as a church. I want to remind you of one of the things that he said, and that is he said, I am healing those who, who deal with mental fatigue, mental issues. The Lord wants you to know he is healing you. And I told Haley the other day, I said, I need to say that again to the church because we tend to forget. And I want you to be reminded, church, if you, if you battle mental fatigue from, from things that are going on in your brain that are beyond your control, the Lord is bringing healing to your life. That you need to latch on to that, believe that, and remember that promise and pray that promise. Here's another thing real quick is... Uh, in January, Pastor Rick was here. Him and a few other members of our uh, of ministry leaders were here, and he prophesied one of these things. He said this. He said, the Lord says, I am bringing people together in the area of praise and worship. I'm bringing musicians and singers to help lead people into my presence, so don't sweat it. Just be faithful to call them in. And so ever since then, that is what I've been doing. Every week, I'll pray about this, and I'll say, Lord, you said it. If you said it, that means you're going to do it. And so I'm just praying this in, and I'm not going to sweat it. I know we like for things to be a certain way, but Lord, in your due time, you'll bring the right people. And lo and behold, we've been missing a drummer for about a year, and now he sends us a, a girl drummer, a chick drummer, as my wife says. I'm telling you this because right now you and I need to remember when we get to be 500, 600, 700 people, you and I need to remember and look back on this time frame. When God did it then, he will also do it then. He, when he did it back then, he'll do it up there. And we need to celebrate these wins of God's word coming to pass because this is a principle of the kingdom. The way God works is that when he speaks something, then that means he's going to do something. But oftentimes he won't do something unless we remember that he said he's going to do it. And so you need to be reminded of what God has spoken to you, what he has declared to you, what he has promised to you. Don't just sit back and twiddle your thumbs and wait around. No, you need to bombard heaven. You need to stir up your faith and you need to remind yourself and remind God, you said it, I believe it, it's going to come to pass. And this kind of thing and this talk that I'm giving you is not just some make you feel good and uh, make your conscience be okay at night. No, this is faith. This is how you get through problems. This is how you overcome yourself. Oftentimes we don't pray for people because we don't feel like it. And we get selfish and we get self-indulged. And, and as a pastor, sometimes I don't want to pray for people. I want somebody to come pray for me. But oftentimes the Lord says, you'll get that when you start opening your mouth and praying for other people. 
And it's amazing. My problems don't seem that big anymore. When I'm reminded of other people's problems, they got it going on, and they need our prayers. But they also, we also need to know and remember what has God said. And here's the cool thing as well. On top of, this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. Pastor Rick prophesied in April a couple months ago that he said we won't just have a, a problem of trying to put someone in position up here. We will have a scheduling problem, meaning we're going to have multiple people doing multiple things. And that's a good thing to have. That's a good thing. You, you know, uh, it's awesome to see the people step up. Becky, and, and who, who, who are you? You got your hair done. <laughs> it looks good. I couldn't pull it off, but you can. You can do it. And the others playing and being a part, Bailey's, I mean, I so appreciate everybody playing a part in this and, and stepping up. Stepping up. And being willing. See, nobody really cares who gets credit up there because they're not doing it for themselves. It's for the Lord. And why is this so important? Why do I take a minute to expand on this right now? It's because you and I as a church, we need to remember this. God has come through for us. And then, hey, and then this, you see these new speakers over here? There and there, and there's some other stuff up here I don't get, but it's there. And then, I'm not supposed to go past this table because it might, it might do, okay. And, and then there's a whole new sound system over here. Yeah. Now, here's, here's the deal. Back in... Well, ever since we moved here, we were, we've been trying to figure out what to do about our sound system. We've been leasing a sound system for the last two years. All this stuff that you've seen has been leased. Two years. Well, we, we've saved enough money. We were going to go buy a new sound system. Thomas has been faithful and diligent in pricing it all out, and the board approved it about two months ago, say sometime this summer, go out and buy what it is you, you're, you're needing. We got it. Less than a month ago, the drummer... Her husband, part of another... Yeah, I need to like maybe say your name. Is that okay? It's, it's James. <laughs> James and Megan. And the Lord um, was leading their church that was dissolving and changing things up, and the leadership team was like, we need to sow this into another church, this sound system. So James came to Jake and... And Thomas and said, could we use it? And we're like, yeah. <laughs> Let me pray. Yep, that's good. We're good. It's good. And like, what is it like? What's it about? Anyway, they, they went and checked it out, looked at it, and it's the exact same system that Thomas has been pricing out to buy. Those kinds of things don't just happen. Why am I telling you this? Well, one, because we don't have to spend the money on that. We get to use it for other things. But two, the Lord is letting us know you're where I want you. See, we almost went out and bought one like a year ago. And I was like, Thomas, I'm not quite feeling the peace yet, man. Can we hold off a little bit longer? Can we get by a little longer? And everybody's like, yeah, I feel the same way. And now we know why. Because if we could just be patient. You need to hear this for your life. 
I know it's like noon. I'm, I'm, I'm really about done. You need to hear this. You need to be patient. Because there are promises that the Lord has for you that if you will be patient, don't flesh it out, it'll be by spirit. Don't sweat it out, it'll be by spirit as the word came to us. That if you will be patient, the Lord will bring things to pass. He doesn't forget your prayers. He doesn't forget the times you invest in each other's life. And he doesn't forget. And he, he sees when you are stirring your faith, keeping it and fanning it into flame. And at the end of this first chapter, Paul tells Timothy two things. One, don't be ashamed. He said, I have a right to be ashamed because I'm in jail. Oftentimes we look at that and we think, man, what did he do wrong? He didn't do anything wrong. He did everything right. He said, don't be ashamed of me. And Timothy, don't be ashamed of going through some stuff for the sake of the gospel. Don't be ashamed, Timothy, because here's what I want you to know. I pray for you. I'm here for you. And I'm not going to stand by and watch you grow cold in your faith. Then he tells him the second thing in wrapping up that first letter. Verse 13, 14, right in there, he says this. He says, don't let go of the wholesome pattern of teaching that you've gotten from me. In other words, remember the truth that I've always told you, Timothy. Guard it. Keep it. Don't let go of that pattern of truth and teaching because it has shaped your life. And you're gonna, God's going to use you to help shape other people's lives. And he says, Timothy, you can do that because I pray for you. I'm here for you. And I'm not going to stand by and watch you grow cold in your faith. I'm going to remind you, keep the fan. Keep the faith fanned into flame. And church, I want to tell you that today. Remain faithful in an unfaithful world. Because we're praying for each other more. Because we're going to be willing to, to go deeper with one another in our relationships. And thirdly, we're going to be in each other's face to make sure that we don't grow cold in our faith. In this end time, we remain faithful. Amen. Can you stand? Let me pray for you. bow our heads Father I thank you so much for today in our church thank you for all the things you have been doing answering prayers coming through on your promises and Lord I know there are people here today that, that need to be reminded today we're reminded but they need to be reminded even more as we take our steps of action with each other, to pray for each other more, to connect with each other more, and to remind each other more. That, Father, we're not alone. I, I rebuke that lie right now in anybody's mind that thinks they're all alone, that nobody knows, nobody cares, nobody sees the trouble. I rebuke that lie right now in the name of Jesus. And with the host of heaven right now, 
I ask that you would sweep across this room and gently nudge and remind us, you are always with us. You never forsake us. And may that promise continue to echo in our spirit until the day we die that you are forever with us. Holy Spirit, seal the word that you've spoken today. Let it be, let the seed go down. Let it begin to take root, to water it, to cultivate it, and grow and produce the kingdom things that it needs to do in our lives. We love you and we thank you now. In Jesus' name, amen.